Police say a 2016 black Jeep Wrangler was stolen along with electronics, tools and appliances in a burglary in East End late last week. Just before 11 a.m. on Thursday, the 17th of February, police were called out to a residence along Queens Highway in East End. Someone broke into the residence, taking the Wrangler. Again, it's black, 2016, registration number 169007. The vehicle was last seen at the residence on the day it was stolen. Town CID is leading the investigation and detectives are asking anyone who sees the stolen vehicle to immediately call 911 and provide as much detail as possible. In addition, anyone with information about this or any other burglary incidents in the Eastern Districts are encouraged to call the Bodentown Police Station. The number is 947-2220. Anonymous tips can be provided directly to police on their confidential tip line at 949-7777, as well as online at rcips.ky. Public Health releases the COVID-19 figures for February 18th through the 20th. There were 53 positives on the 18th, 40 on the 19th, and 39 on the 20th. There are 1,580 estimated active cases of COVID-19 in the islands. 14 people are currently hospitalized for COVID-related causes, and of these, 10 are unvaccinated. The Sister Islands also notes 14 new cases since the last report, bringing the total number of cases to 516. We know that our work and our efforts are needed now more than ever. Chair and co-founder of the Alex Panton Foundation, Jane Panton, who lost her own child to suicide several years ago, made a heartfelt speech to open Saturday's fifth annual Youth Mental Health Symposium. This year's theme was thriving in uncertain times as the community continues to grapple with the challenges brought about by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. We've lost loved ones to COVID, which have caused multiple families and friends to face unfathomable tragedies. We have also lost young persons to the unimaginable nightmare of suicide. It is with deeply saddened hearts that we express our condolences to the families, friends, and the loved ones of the young people that our community has lost in recent months. The members of our organization have experienced what it means to lose someone to suicide. We all felt it. And it is the impetus for the whole Felix Panton Foundation. The loss of our gorgeous, vivacious Alex still reverberates throughout the community. So we understand the deep grief these families are experiencing now. Mrs. Panton told young people in the crowd and listening live on Facebook she hopes they'll be able to take away hope and reassurance from Saturday's event. With the help of our presenters, there will be something that makes each of you feel supported to thrive through these uncertain times of insecurity and grief to reach out for help when needed, and to be empowered to also make the community and our world a better place for us all. Thank you. Discussion topics included accepting life's punches and building resiliency, how adults and parents can support young people at times of uncertainty, and inclusion for all. You can watch the symposium online at the Alex Panton Foundation's Facebook page. The Cayman Islands Monetary Authority has imposed discretionary administrative fines totaling CI $261,990 on Lion Brokers Limited. This under the provisions of Sections 42A and 42B of the Monetary Authority Act for breaches of anti-money laundering regulations. According to SEMA, the administrative fines were imposed for the company's failure to comply with the legislative requirements of the AMLR, including the following, the application of enhanced 
past customer due diligence measures, failing to conduct adequate risk assessments, and failing to conduct and document all appropriate sanctions checks. SEMA says the findings were as a result of an on-site inspection, and similar failings were also identified during a previous inspection. SEMA says the matter highlights the importance of licensees having in place effective anti-money laundering, countering the financing of terrorism and proliferation financing policies and procedures, which are appropriate, effective, and fully implemented, avoiding the risk of entities being used as a conduit for money laundering, terrorist financing, or any other type of financial crime. The Eastern Districts could soon see an upgrade to the area's main intersection. The National Roads Authority has posted a request for proposals from professionally qualified companies to provide all services necessary to complete full design drawings for the upgrade of the existing intersection of Frank Sound Road, Bodentown Road, and Seaview Road. The application deadline on government's bonfire procurement site is March 14th. School inspectors returning to local institutions this term after a break due to COVID head to Red Bay Primary to touch base with staff on how they and students are faring in the midst of a global pandemic. Radio K-Man's Carsley Fuller has the details. On February 2nd, an Office of Education inspector met with staff at Red Bay Primary. In a letter posted to the Office of Education Standards website, the inspector said the visit did not find any, quote, significant concerns. During the visit, the OES found that student data and work scrutiny revealed that all groups of students continued to make progress during the pandemic. The school had a current leadership and staffing coverage plan with the aim to ensuring ongoing operation of the school in the event of staff absences. Staff has reported feeling, quote, exhausted, and a few staff expressed that working through the end of the school year in this way could prove to be, quote, unsustainable. Only 33 percent of staff who completed the survey felt that the school had sufficient staff to deliver the curriculum effectively throughout the pandemic. Most teachers have the capacity to facilitate synchronous lessons successfully. There was a 90 percent attendance rate. The report says students in isolation who are attending synchronous lessons are marked as present and counted towards their attendance. Health and safety are priority at the school. Mental health needs of students are also well supported by the school counselor and other members of the pastoral team as necessary. Senior leaders and pastoral staff reported that students have showed strength and resilience and improved behavior and conflict resolution, which may be attributed to the social-emotional program provisions which have been implemented. Social-emotional evaluations are used more efficiently to identify students who require additional social-emotional support so that they can be provided in a timely manner. The acting principal also has made some provisions to help reduce the workload for staff. For example, an active WhatsApp group is used to share information instead of frequent staff meetings. Some COVID keeper practices that have been implemented and are expected to continue going forward include uploading assignments on online platforms, utilizing remote learning and live lessons, and increasing the number of hand-washing sinks and sanitation stations around the school. Reporting for Radio K-Man News, I'm Carsley Fuller. A special group welcomes K-Man's latest delivery of COVID-19 vaccines for kids. More from CIGTV's Simon Boxel. Minister of Health and Wellness Sabrina Turner, accompanied by the head boy, head girl, and deputy head boy of Georgetown Primary School, welcomed the first 2,000 pediatric doses of the COVID-19 vaccine at Owen Roberts International Airport yesterday. The Ministry of Health had invited the young people to witness the arrival of vaccine on British Airways and to talk with the minister about plans for children's vaccinations. Chatting with the minister, the children expressed, expressed some concerns about potential side effects, talked, about her, uh, talked with her about how the vaccine works to prevent infection and shared thoughts on the subject from their peers. Speaking at the COVID-19 press conference shortly before the arrival of the vaccine, 
The minister acknowledged that the, that the decision was a complex matter for parents. The decision to vaccinate your children can be a hard one, I understand. But as a parent myself, we have to make uh, the decision that is in the best interest of our children and our families. As a mother, I had to do the same. And there were times I cried, I prepared with the Panadol before they go to bed at night. But when, they, when, my, when my two sons had to get their first immunizations and immunizations period against measles, mumps, diphtheria, chickenpox, and polio. The Public Health Department is expected to publish the rollout schedule for COVID-19 vaccines for children aged 5 to 12. That schedule, by the way, is due out this week. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm April Cummings.